What's up, guys? It's Rigo from Beers in the Lot. Welcome to episode five. Before we get to episode five, I just want to ask you guys to follow us on all your favorite social media platforms at Beers in the Lot. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. And while you're at it, subscribe and rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. So in episode five, we're going to talk about Dallas beating the Vegas Golden Knights. We're going to talk about the Caps hiring Peter Laviolette. We're going to have a little bit of beer league story time. And also, Bettman, Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, is good at being bad. So here we go. Are we ready for beers? Yeah, let's let's yeah, drink some beers. Ready for well, let's beers. drink some beers then. Let's crack them open. Music. Oh, Mm-mm-mm. that is tasty. What is it? What are you drinking? I'm drinking a uh, Adroit Theory Sanctimonious Enmity. Oh, some big words there. Yeah, it's a hazy imperial. It's actually really tasty. Playful. Does it remind you of fall? It's a pint, too. <laughs> there you go. On a school night again. Gosh. <laughs> well, I saw you had a beer tonight there, John. What do you, what do you got tonight? <laughs> I do. I no do. more bourbon in the lot. No, yeah, can't have that. We're not in uh, Kentucky, so we're Only not allowed on special to. occasions, right? That's right. That's right. So tonight I'm drinking a uh, beer from Jailbreak Brewing Company. Um, the Feed the Monkey Heffa. So, oh, I like that one. Yes, I like it too. My wife calls that one the uh, monkey tit beer. Because we look at it, it kind of looks like he's squeezing his tit. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because my logo has a banana. So I don't know what's yeah. going on in your household, but he has hey, the man. adult. He has the adult version. Yeah. When you, when you can drink freely on a school night like Daniel, you know, yeah. it's totally acceptable, I guess. Yeah. I'm a child. He gets the explicit cans. Yeah. The explicit cans. Riggs, you're drinking out of a uh, pint glass tonight. What's going on over there? No, it's actually a Stein or a Stein. Oh, sorry. Because uh, we're getting close to Oktoberfest times. That's right. So I have a Flying Dog Dogtoberfest tonight. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, yes. stellar. Because, John, it is feeling like fall outside. It is. <laughs> it's very delightful. My favorite time of year. Yep. I was certain that Eric would have a local beer again. Yeah, flying, well, dog. flying dog can't go wrong. Brewed yeah. here, they're they're car- the, a lot of people say they're the Budweiser of Frederick. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so so does that mean a lot of people outside of Frederick don't finish it? <laughs> Aaron, are you going to finish your beer? What's going on over there? I've got more Moosehead uh, grapefruit rattlers. <laughs> I've still got a two four of this stuff, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be drinking <laughs> these for a while. It looks He's, like you were chugging that. Oh, I could. They're so good. They're he's, so good. He's hanging on to summertime. Uh, he has to finish. He has to finish them before they go out of date. Is a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. so. You guys are all ready for fall. I'm hanging on to summer. Well, you know, it's it's kind of weird, right? Because when I got up this morning, this is Tuesday morning, right, or Tuesday evening. I got up Tuesday morning, and it was like 46, 47 outside. When I got up, um, 
So it feels like, you know, fall's coming on, beginning of hockey season, when actually it's the end of hockey <laughs> season, right? Because <laughs> we're getting the conference finals and, uh, and, and the cup final here. Like, what's going on? Feels weird. Feels nice, though. Well, the weather does. Yeah, get a hoodie. Like, like from a hockey person, though, like it feels weird. I yeah. feel like we should be getting ready for the NHL to start, right? Yeah. When we kind of got spoiled with summer hockey, you know, mixed in with baseball, because Eric and I are big baseball guys, but, you know, that COVID times kind of impacted a lot of stuff. So <laughs> baseball's winding down at actually the right time. Everything else is pretty much starting up you know, college football, NFL, et cetera, but hockey's winding down. It'll be done in the next, what, two, three weeks, give or take, maybe? Yeah, yeah. A couple will be done here, yeah, two weeks, (laughs) at least by the beginning of October, right? And then uh, nothing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) for NHL at least. For NHL at least, right? Hopefully for only a month. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because training camp and all that, and they're saying late, December, early January-ish, give or take. Mm. But but before that, we got to crown a Stanley Cup champion. And it's going to be either Dallas or we're still waiting for Tampa and Isles to finish. Do you guys see that? (laughs) One uh, of them. Do you guys see that offside on that goal? That was a mile. uh, Puckhead offsides (laughs) by like, the puck was like four feet behind the line and he was three feet over the line and the lines was like, no, that's good. Yeah. Let's go. How did, how did he Keep say playing. that was good? I don't, he didn't know where the puck was. <laughs> the linesmen and There's referees no are having bubble fatigue now. <laughs> I knew you got to think those guys too, had a little bit of a, a jump start similar to the players where you kind of ramp up to the playoffs. You know, they kind of have some time to kind of get the rule book in order slash how they want to call it versus, you know, this they you want to see typical playoff penalties, if you will. And very early on, there was some plays where you didn't really expect to see a penalty early on, and it was, you know, a power yeah. play for your team or against. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot like regular season, right? The way they were calling it, it almost seemed like it almost seemed like October, November uh officiating <laughs> where they kind of didn't let things go that they normally would towards the end of the season during playoff races and then you know when the actual playoffs start yeah and that's, oh, absolutely. that's pretty annoying too yeah playoffs you're like it's five minutes left in the game swallow your whistle like <laughs> let them play let them handle I mean, their it, own stuff i mean really if you think about it it wasn't like the pens scored on any of the power plays anyway so it didn't really matter <laughs> I, mean, I mean it feels at this point it feels like it's nine months ago that we were talking about the pens can't score on a power play against right. Montreal, but it wasn't that long ago i think that but, was throughout the season though yeah there's some issues there but <laughs> Well, but they're not playing, so it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So Dallas beat Vegas. Aaron, what are your quick thoughts on that? What? What? Where did they come from? <laughs> where? Yeah. Yeah. How do you this, think this I Dallas feel? team? It's like uh, there's no answers. They they're just getting getting outplayed, but still winning. Like they just they're capitalizing on their chances, and Vegas just couldn't score on them. I mean. 
they shouldn't have won, but they did. <laughs> I mean, they should win. They they did what exactly what they should do to win. But man, it really felt like Vegas was running the show there for a while. I think every even though they I were checked, losing, yeah, I think every time I checked shots, it was like uh, for every one shot Dallas had, Vegas had two shots. So it was like they just doubled them up in shots the whole game, pretty much. Yeah, the uh, analytics I think favored a good chunk of Vegas throughout the series, but. It's kind of the, uh, you know, the eye test, if you will. Like, if you just look at the stats, subtract the points out, you'd probably say Vegas came out on top. And Robin Leonard, I mean, I, I don't think he's getting any any stones thrown at him. He played a really good series. Dobin just mm-hmm. played a little bit better. I thought both goalies played really well. In, in the end, it was just a few bounces and some shots that went through for, for Dallas. But they played a great series. Yeah, I, I think like uh, Dallas finally started scoring goals. Um, you know, we I think we I gave you a hard time a few weeks ago about them, you know, not being able to score, and all of a sudden they can, and that kind of continued, um, you know, into the Vegas series. Here's here's my thoughts on it. Uh, they Vegas losing busted both of my brackets. <laughs> 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 because yeah. I thought for sure this was their year. I mean, just the way that they finished, um, you know, the 70 game regular season or whatever we're calling the end of that. And then coming into the return to play bubble playoffs, like they were super, super strong. Like you said, John, they owned the puck for most of that series. And then the, you know, other two series that they won dominated puck possession. Um, they just couldn't score. They could not score against Kudobin. We were we were joking about um, the video that's going around social media, and then even NBC ran it on the broadcast tonight of Kudobin's little post game speech when the Dallas Stars players gave him the player of the game big rope chain thing that they're using, <laughs> and he's you know in his heavy Russian accent, "We're not going home," you know, <laughs> "We're not going just, home." Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like a know, war cry. Yeah. That yeah, guy, I, I mean, and so you could see like the, the team is real strong. They're, they all are supporting each other and they, they, they want to keep going. And also they recognize that, you know, that guy probably stole some games and, and maybe stole that series for them. Well, especially too, what we were, you know, kind of joking about on our group thread and then even just mentioning now with Kadobin saying, we're not going home. Like that big rallying cry for Dallas came in. Game six against the Flames, where they had that crazy outburst. They were down three nothing, scored five goals unanswered, won the series, won the game, done. And then they just went on a tear. And it's almost like they kind of just said, "Hey guys, we're not going home. Like until the job is done. Yeah, the job obviously yeah. is a Stanley Cup." And I'm sure, you know, the Isles think that Tampa still thinks that Vegas definitely thought it up until, you know, the um, Gary Anoff overtime. Power play goal, unfortunately. You know, he, he definitely thought that too. Maybe yeah, it was even, a really nice that was a really nice may, maybe power even the play goal, execution. Maybe even the tying goal in the third. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Absolutely. the doubt creeped in there, right? Like <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I mean, but but that Dallas team, I mean, talk about resilient. And you know, you hear all these great things about Rick Bonus. He was on Tampa's staff last year when Tampa didn't have a great first round against Columbus. Rick Bonus was unfortunately let go along with the rest of the assistant coaching staff. 
Uh, Tampa looks like they're kind of rebounding. Maybe that's a good cue for the Pens after they got rid of their assistant coaching staff this mm. year. Maybe they could kind of replicate that. But, you know, a guy who everyone seems to be rooting for, and even too, you know, Dallas as a whole, I, I like a lot of the players on the team. Tyler Sagan, even though I had a cup with Boston, he's more in a starring role. Jamie Benn, he's a great guy. You want to root for someone like him. A lot of the Finnish contingency on Dallas too. And Kadobin, I mean, the guy's historically been a backup goalie, stole the job from Ben Bishop, yeah. and even the game that Ben went in after telling Rick Bonus, you know, <laughs> hey, I, I'm ready to go. I'm the starter, yada, yada, yada. Rick said, oh, my starter said he's ready to go. And then Ben Bishop got lit up. So kind of interesting. That goalie controversy ended pretty quick um, versus what happened on the Vegas side. I still kind of think maybe that had an issue or two. You know, maybe creating some doubt or maybe a rift in the team. Maybe not that strong because I I still thought Vegas, like we all said, played pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that uh, Kadobin was very uh, good at handling the puck. He didn't he didn't leave any rebounds in the slot, not many at least. And throughout the series, I noticed one name showed up on the score sheet a lot. And that was Jamie Ben, their captain, and he definitely has stepped up this series. And they kind of got a little extra scoring from not not the first line guys, but you know more like the role players. And but he he's definitely stepped it up, and almost every game has scored. Yeah, third lines win cups. Well, and and Jamie Ben, I think he was doing all the right things, wasn't getting rewarded on the score sheet, and he, I think he had a points in three straight games to close out the series. So I mean, he he definitely did his part. I mean, without a doubt, he he was. You know, he looks kind of what he was a few years ago when he won that scoring race. And then, unfortunately, had the – I think he – was it the double hip surgery? Didn't he have, like, double hip surgery or something crazy like that? I don't know. But I don't know. Yeah. I forget. No. <laughs> I feel like he had double hip surgery. I'm just John, John you're, the, you're the one that's supposed to know that stuff. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry. A lot of it's lower spent body. on – A lot yeah, of it's spent on injury. Like, Eastern Conference stuff. Well, no, I could just say he a few years ago he was unfit to play at this point. I don't have to. You know, have don't to, need to elaborate. You know, I don't right. have to elaborate. You don't need to know the details of the injury. Uh, just unfit will, to play. You think Tyler Sagan steps up next series? Yes. Well, for their sake, I hope. This, I hope He's got it. Right? Like yeah. They, yeah. They need him to. Um, no matter whether they would face Tampa or uh, the Islanders, I think. You know, against the Islanders, they would need them to just be another threat, right? They need they need as many scoring threats as possible because the Islanders are gonna, you know, they're gonna have that speed checking game that they they do, and um, you got to be able to break through that. So they're gonna need him to present matchup problems for the Islanders, and then against Tampa. I mean, Tampa is another highly proficient offensive team. And so you need more scoring threats against those guys too, because you might get into a, a track meet. So he's he's gonna he's gonna have to show up eventually. I hope <laughs> he's a good player. Do you right? think, yeah. Do you think you want to see him show up? <laughs> do you think maybe Sagan's hurt? Well, who isn't hurt? I mean, at this point, I agree, but. But considering he has been he's been there, but he hasn't been the normal Tyler Sagan yeah. we're used to. Yeah. I, that that could be something. Who knows? Maybe. Or maybe yeah. it's just 
the the situation uh, who knows i i don't know it it doesn't make any sense though why a guy like that isn't putting up some points yeah i don't know yeah could be interesting moving forward do we think Braden points injury is going to be an issue for tampa if they were to advance yeah i mean he's 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 been huge for them so far so i mean yeah it's it's definitely going to be an issue but I don't yeah. know if it's going to be the difference. I mean, Kucherov really has stepped up in this series too, um, even though he's getting a lot of harassment from the Islanders, which makes sense. But I also do like seeing Kucherov kind of – he's a little nasty too. I mean, he really was giving it to yeah. Peugeot, which I, I call it whatever you want, a little excessive with the stick work, sure, whatever. I kind of like that a top player like Kucherov, he's not only putting up points, but some of the you know nonsense he's taking, he's like – I'm going to give it right back. I don't care. And he's doing it to their top players too. He's also finishing checks just normally, which, you know, just my own recollection, right? But I don't remember him being that physical ever. No. Right? He's and, He's and been there, more, yeah. And there was always a knock on him in the playoffs that he wasn't into it, right? That, that, he was there and he'd he'd get his points and stuff and he'd make plays but he wasn't um into the games emotionally uh he wasn't into the games physically and for me i feel like in in this playoffs i see a different kucherov where he's engaged uh emotionally he's he's getting a little pissed off um and then he's finishing checks legally or or not <laughs> um, using his stick or not, you know, but he's, he's, he's engaged. And that, again, that was always the knock against him that in the playoffs, he kind of went to sleep. And I feel like this playoffs, just, you know, my, my own, uh, observation, he's definitely engaged and, and trying to win and trying to bring that team with them, you know, play that leadership role, which we haven't seen from, uh, too much from Russians apart from Guryanov this playoffs. <laughs> like we we didn't see the leadership out of Malkin. We didn't see it out of Ovechkin. <laughs> but you know, Guryanov, Guryanov's doing his part for his stars. Well, subtract the leadership. We've seen a lot of great Russian goaltending this yeah, playoffs. Yeah. Without a doubt. Have, you're one way or another, it's gonna be uh two Russian starters. Mm-hmm. Uh whether it's Varlamov, Kudobin, and Vasilevsky, right? So, yeah, um, all Russians. Yeah, kind of interesting. And, and if you think about it, Vasi's really the only bona fide number one starter. Varley and Kudobin throughout their history have either been backups or the 1A, 1B option. Right. You know, being used in the platoon setup. So, it would be interesting to see especially if Dallas won, because that creates a very interesting situation where a cup-winning goaltender is a free agent <laughs> and you still have Bishop under contract. <laughs> what have, similar to Vegas almost. Marc-Andre uh, Fleury's $7 million a year for X amount of years, and Leonard's a free agent, unrestricted, of course. So, Have you actually sat there and thought about it, John, that Dallas might actually win the cup? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I told him, so especially since I said, oh, they can't score. It's horrible. 
how do you feel about the new head coach <laughs> of your Washington Capitals, Eric? Every, every week we have to talk <laughs> yeah. about the freaking Caps head coach situation. Okay. Well, now we don't have to at this point. <laughs> I believe last Until... time we talked about it, Rigo said, boo, to Laviolette. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I did. Because I, I was I – w- so I was convinced that – Gallant was the right guy and that that's the decision that, that they were going to make and that's the direction they were going to go. But apparently that's not the case. <laughs> <Wrong>. <laughs> apparently Gerard Gallant is, he's not been successful in the three years that he was leading Vegas, uh, who has been, they've been to two conference finals, a cup final, and they've been to playoffs all three seasons that, they were around. He got fired partway through last season because of whatever reason. I guess, you know, McCrimmon and McPhee and him had a falling out and ownership, I don't think, uh, thought too highly of him either. Um, at least that's the rumor I saw today. Um, but whatever, he's out. Laviolette's in. Thank God Mike <laughs> Babcock is out. <laughs> He's, well, he will not be the coach in Washington. <laughs> and two, did you I mean you saw what I sent you? Like if if Babcock was going, keyword going, this is hypothetical, if he was going to be the new cap head coach, he's owed in the next three and a half years from the Toronto Maple Leafs about seventeen million dollars. Yeah. Now, the Toronto Maple Leafs, because of coaching-wise, it's different than picking up players on buyouts and whatever. Toronto pays still part of that salary. The Caps pick up another half. And from what I saw from Elliot Friedman, Toronto, I guess because of their financial situation, they're in much better shape than a lot of the other teams. They weren't going to make the Caps eat a good chunk of that. You know, Toronto would still pay probably a decent portion of that $17 million. But then they... Gave Lafayette almost the same amount no, okay. of money, Think which is just for, shocking. Forget Babcock. He's out of the picture. Who cares? When Barry Trotz's contract was up, okay, they didn't want to pay him for whatever reason. So he goes to the Islanders, and then they sweep him <laughs> in these, in these yeah. playoffs, right? They dominate him for whatever reasons, right? Players weren't into the games, they were on vacation in the bubble, or maybe the Islanders are actually good, okay? They didn't want to pay trots. So now they're going to pay LaViolette, what is it, $15 million over the four years. Yep. And they have to eat the last year of his contract from Nashville, which was like $2.5 million. So they're going to end up paying him way more than what they were going to have to pay Trotz if they had signed him to another like three years, four years, whatever it was going to be. I don't even remember what the terms were supposed to be with the possible extension and all that stuff. They're, they're going to end up paying him way more. They could have kept Barry Trotz, who, you know, now everybody hindsight 2020 can say, you know, he was the one that was really driving the ship and and he was the the catalyst to changing things around there, making them not just a team but a family and then solidifying that and taking them to the Stanley Cup. 
They let him go for nothing. Uh, they've been wallowing for two years under Todd Reardon, who's, for all intents and purposes, he's probably a nice guy, but, you know, team didn't play for him. So, yeah, and especially, I guess, at the NHL head coaching level, you see guys that are either head coaches or assistant coaches, and they either stick in that role or switch back to that role, or they, yeah, they don't find themselves employed at the NHL level very long. Um, you know, maybe they're AHL or NCAA or Canadian major junior coaches, but Todd Reardon, because he, he had a stint in Columbus years ago as a Penguins assistant coach, along with a Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins coach. Then he went to the Caps, then he was a Caps head coach. So after two stints as a head coach, I, Todd Reardon, like you said, sure, he's a probably a pretty good guy, but maybe the assistant is the best role for him. Yeah, it could be. Um, you know, I, I know like in Pittsburgh – the reputation, you know, coming from Pittsburgh, coming down to Washington was that he really helped out with um, developing defensemen and maturing defensemen, uh, right? And and that's good. And they, you know, the Caps needed that. Like a player like Dmitry Orlov, who when, when Reardon came, was still a young developing defenseman, kind of finding his role in his way. Um, you know, Orlov has become a top pair defenseman in the NHL. And that's, that's amazing. Right. And as an assistant, you know, Reardon did that. I'll, I'll give him full credit for that. But as a head coach, he clearly didn't, you know, he didn't have the team. So he's okay. He's gone. Barry Trotz has been gone. Thank God. My Mike Babcock is not in the picture. <laughs> um, <laughs> So Laviolette is here, right? Okay. And we've been kind of going around and around in group texts today all day about Laviolette since the news broke this morning, right? And so I've spent in between marathon meetings today for work because <laughs> this is not our job. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I wish it was, but this is not our job. Um, I was just kind of poking around and looking for different things on Laviolette. And, you know, everybody kind of understands his history, right? He's taken three teams to cup finals. He won with Carolina, right? So he's Hurricanes coach and they win the cup. And that's great in 2006. That's 14 years ago. His reputation is for, you know, structure and defense first and, Defense will lead to offense and, and that kind of thing. Okay, great. You know, the Caps have some defensive liabilities. They allow a lot of high danger chances. The reasons, like, you could say what you want about, like, Mitch Korn, goalie coach, leaving Braden Holpe, and that's, like, where his decline starts. Okay, I can sort of understand that, but also part of the problem is, when Barry Trotz and Mitch Korn and Lane Lambert left and went to the Islanders, all of a sudden, the Caps started allowing way too many high danger chances. And I don't care who your goalie is, like they're going to allow some goals at that point. So yeah, Laviolette, defense first, structure, uh, discipline, play on the ice. Okay, cool. I understand that. Here's where it falls apart for me. If if that's your argument and you look at 
say, so he only got through half of this year before he got fired from Nashville, right? So yes. if, if you look at the previous, I don't know, I think I looked up the previous four full seasons before the 19-2020 season, the, the Predators allowed only two less goals against than the Washington Capitals did over that time. Okay. Now, of course, like with the Caps, that's over two different coaching regimes. Understand that. Um, but Laviolette was in Nashville the whole time. Okay. So defensively, okay, it's kind of a wash for me. Um, if we're talking about like shot attempts, uh, Nashville has woefully been at the bottom of shot attempt numbers in the NHL for those four full seasons. They were like that's also that's also pre Laviolette as well, but still no, 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 because he was coached there for five and a half seasons. So if you only look at like previous four full seasons going back uh 1819 back um they were like there were only a handful of teams that generated fewer shots than they did and they were like the ottawas <laughs> those type of teams okay so that's not good company so he's coming to a team where he has more he has more weapons now right he has Ovechkin, he has Backstrom, he has Kuznetsov, you know, whatever. He has Oshie. Um, you know, he he has Lars Eller, Jacob Vrana, if he ever figures it out in the playoffs. Like, he has these type of guys um, that are dangerous offensively now that he didn't have. And you, you can make that case that the personnel is not even close to the same. Um, but I just don't. I don't oh, I don't understand this hire and I don't know how it's going to work. I think they will like they'll get better defensively and that's great and that could help them. But how can you keep up that consistent offensive production that you've had with a guy that maybe doesn't implement uh tactics that promote it? That's my problem with it. And just like that I got to go back into the cooler boys. <laughs> we should talk about beating cheeks in our other league aaron yeah aaron yeah, like, tell a um like we were talking about uh late last week about chirping each other and stuff and then you know that's that's the way it is right like two right, each yeah. other's faces like we're basically assholes Right. on the ice and stuff but then like away from each other everybody's like oh yeah he's a yep. good guy yeah. <laughs> right. oh yeah talk, he's my best friend talk shit to your so face much. and give your props behind your back exactly, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah i think that I like, we could start a little segment like that like you know oh this is the way hockey is this is a thing in hockey or or even like a like you had a specific story and not, like if you just tell the story i think that would lead to i mean like, we could, yeah, we could tell that story from the olden days. <laughs> <laughs> it's story time, children. Gather it's, around. It's, it's, all right, it's story time. All right, so back in the day, used to Gather be. Gather around. 
Let's see. So actually, uh, seventy five percent of this podcast is worked for the 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 rink that we play at. That's true. So, um, me and Daniel and John have all worked for the rink we play at in various capacities. John uh, probably uh, you did like everything there too. We all did kind of everything, but um, one of the benefits was that we just get to go out on the dead ice when whatever we felt like pretty much in the middle of the day. So uh, we'd go out with, with a couple of our, uh, our friends, our supervisor friends or whatnot, other folks we worked at the rink with and, uh, you know, get some friendly games going of like posts and stuff. And I remember this one time we were playing posts. It was me and Daniel and uh, this other supervisor. And uh, the other guy was wanting to put some money down. So he bet like 20 bucks <laughs> that he could hit all three bars in one-on-one it's, it's not really it's you know three guys three or four guys every man for himself he bet he could hit three posts before daniel could uh and daniel just smoked him he was still nah. on post number one nah <laughs> daniel <laughs> smoked him it was all three posts so he said all right double or nothing and then, <laughs> same thing daniel puts all three posts up before he even gets one so he's leaving he's storming off the ice and he just slams his stick over the boards and like, man, this was an expensive trip out for him. He still I, owes me 40 bucks. I bet he does. <laughs> still owes me 40 bucks. <laughs> he broke a stick and he broke owes you stick. $40. Yep. And with, wow. the, with the debt. <laughs> At that point, I was only playing posts. I never played against goalies. <laughs> so were you – because the one game – Oh, my God. This was like 2001, 2002, oh, yeah. something like that. Like right, yeah. like right before we met then. Had to be. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. 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 Early days, early days. Yeah. So now the one <laughs> – I know the one game we played was post, post, bar, bar. So all three red posts and then the bottom post, which was actually, for some odd reason, for everyone listening at home, that's just the white pad at the bottom of the net. <laughs> Why would you want to hit that? You would be That's shocked how many thing. people you would be shocked how many people don't hit it. Oh. And then the <laughs> middle bar. I'm 100% serious. Danny can back me up on that. A lot of people would would it be it hit the actual net instead of the pad and it, they they waste a perfectly good shot just hitting that that back uh pad there. That reminds oh. me of the one goal that Daniel scored it was it was a playoff goal. You're going to have to help me out on it because I wasn't on the ice. I just was watching it, but it was like late in the game. I think it might even be a go-ahead game. I don't even know. But Daniel just threw the puck from the top of the key, like dead center of the ice at the blue line and didn't even touch the back of the net. It just crossed the goal line <laughs> so slow that it stopped before it even hit the back of the net at all. <laughs> We play with some interesting goalies. If that, if that doesn't, if that doesn't describe our beer league, I don't know what does. That's, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Our our goalies' problems aren't playing the puck outside of the trap as well. That's for certain. Yeah. I'll just say that. It's definitely not that. Oh my! I'm saying if Tampa does not score here, the Islanders are going to win the fucking series. You're telling me you got a four minute fucking power play? <sighs> No, don't give me that. Don't give me that. <laughs> don't give me that. Well, I've only got 30 seconds left in the period here before OT. No matter who wins Tampa or New York, this is why you root for them. The Dallas Stars have Corey Perry. And Corey, 
Corey Perry. <laughs> he is a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> So you're so you're saying because he's a grade A scumbag. Yes, he is an absolute scumbag, and yep, he does not deserve another chance here. Like, well, he already has a cup, so I mean, for him, that, exactly. Man. I didn't want to say he was a cup winner because I don't respect him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? If you remember that, so that was the 2000. So it was a 2006 Cup final, Ottawa. Uh, it was Ottawa and Anaheim, and it was Kunitz down the middle, and then it was Getzloff and Perry. Yeah, when Getzloff had hair, Sick. yeah, that's yeah, that's when it was. That was the yeah. chicken had, in that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and they had Sammy yep. Paulson, and on JS. defense they had uh, they had Niedermeyer and Pronger and Brad May, I believe. It was a good team. That was, like, yeah, that was a, that was such a good team. Good team. They had a really that's good a, team. That's an annihilate everybody team. Yeah, that also, team just went was... through the playoffs, destroyed everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had Ottawa, Daniel Alfredson shooting the puck at people. <laughs> he's a, he's a, actually, you know what? That's actually one player. I'm glad he didn't want to cut. Daniel Alfredson? Really? Are you kidding me? Oh. I've got no beef with him. I have no pro. I have a fat head of him up here, <laughs> right over here. I've got one. Rip it down. <laughs> rip it down. Rip it down. Gosh. Actually, everyone else on that Ottawa Senators team. So you had Heater. You had Spezza. Heater Charles is still there. A scumbag. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm yeah. not saying. You're hey, saying that. Hey. Dan hey. Heatley hey. I'm not saying he's a good guy. I'm just saying was a. A less of a scumbag I than, not, than Daniel Alfredson. And Daniel not. Alfredson wasn't even a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> he was a nice lady. <laughs> I, Peter was acquitted. Like OJ. Oh, my God. That's why Daniel he Healy wore that uh, Lamborghini visor the rest of his life. <laughs> Peter actually oh. did time, did he? Oh, no. Did he do God. time? No. No. He should have. No. time. He didn't play the one season after, I think, but he didn't do anything. Oh, you wow. think? That's sad. You think? And that that Atlanta team was Come on, horrible man. anyway. They were not good. <laughs> was that ever going to work? Come on. <laughs> uh, they tried it in the 70s, and it didn't work. Right. So like, Hockey barely works in Florida right now. It's <laughs> yeah. going to work in I'm still, Atlanta. I'm still shocked. It's just tax shelter. Yeah, oh, right. oh. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm still floored. Arizona is still in Arizona. It upsets me to this day. Yeah, like I, I don't just, get it. I, I, I don't under I don't understand like how like how do they have a market to support that team? <laughs> like how does that work? Well, and the other and the other thing too that doesn't it, it just doesn't jive with the NHL. Like the NHL, Gary Bettman and. I, for me, everyone can blame the lockouts on him. That's not Gary Bettman's fault. Gary Bettman did not go, we're going to lock down the league. It's not his fault. No, it's the between only... it's between ownership and the players. Exactly. Yeah. Gary he's, Bettman just gets booed for no fucking reason. The, the commis the Gary, commissioner... Gary Bettman does a fantastic job at what he does. We've talked about this before. Gary Bettman's job is to get booed. He is the bad guy in the yeah. league. 
Yeah. That is his job. And that's what I'm saying. Awesome at it. It's totally. And he's getting paid totally, very well for it's, it. It's totally, way yeah. better for people to <laughs> boo Batman than it is to boo the players or to hate think their about, team ownership and all that. Like, think about what is he's, what's he his, does his job. job well. What's his job? His job is to facilitate, right? It's to mm-hmm. get the owners um, and the board of governors together with big corporations to get these deals done and yeah. right. to get the union together with the owners and get things worked out get things moving again and under his reign as commissioner <laughs> since he's such a bad evil guy like <laughs> the, the league has only grown in revenue every mm-hmm. year right mm-hmm. to this massive corporation now like you can't say he's bad at his job. And is and he a weenie? No. Um, is he a weenie? Yeah. Like the, when he talks, you're like, this guy runs the NHL. Like, <laughs> really? But I mean, you can't you can't take it away from him. Like he's, no, he's done his job. And and think about what Gary Bettman had to deal with after the after that lockout in 2005. Do you remember who broadcasted the NHL that year? Do you guys remember? Versus? No. It was before versus. It was outdoor oh, life. Outdoor network. life network. Oh, yeah. it was OLN. Yeah. It was yeah. OLN. Yeah. ESPN dropped them because they had a World Cup of hockey. Le Cavalier scored the game winning goal. And then they literally on the announcer like, and Canada wins the World Cup of hockey. Oh, and tomorrow starts the NHL lockout. And yeah. they literally, <laughs> it was the last ESPN did. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. They did that. And that was it. And then it was you on, on uh, you know, Thursday night, you would watch like your hunting and fishing shows up until seven, and then they would show the hockey games. The you hockey. got that and that one guy in the fishing show where he like falls dance. out of the boat. Yeah, he'll, he'll, dance. Dance. <laughs> he'll dance forever with the with the Pello Tennessee hat. He has you know yeah. big trucker hat, but, big but Tennessee Vols hat. It. Yeah, think about it. They go, so they they go in the lockout. They come out and. I don't know how much he had to do with it as an individual, but Gary Bettman is around and he's in charge and they make some decisions about how they're going to change the game and how it's going to be played and how it's going to be presented on TV. And they made it into a very successful product for the market that they, you know, look at as a customer and the league again. The league has grown in revenue every year since. Mm-hmm. You cannot take that away from him. He has made the owners money. He's made the players money every year since. So you know, yeah, boo him because it's funny and it's fun. When he, <laughs> you know when he comes out to award the cup, right? And he's you know five foot whatever next to a six foot <laughs> player on skates on skates and the cups Easy next there. to him on the table and like i'm not talking about you and <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and uh and you know he says the little 30 well speech. new york yeah after 54 yeah. years your long yeah. wait yeah, is yeah, over yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and everybody's like boo you suck well, whatever but you know that's because it's fun yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well and you gotta you gotta think too gary bettman since he started in what was it 92 92 93 ish the the league since then has added nashville atlanta then they went back to winnipeg Vegas, Seattle. Uh, did Columbus come in after? Were they? Bo- yeah, Columbus, 
Minnesota. I mean, they've added markets. A lot of teams. They're, yeah. They're doing yeah. a good job. I mean, yeah. my, I mean, like I said, minus the, the somewhat black eye in Atlanta, but then they were able to turn it into a gold mine in Winnipeg. Yeah. And my only issue with Gary Bettman, unfortunately, is he kept that team in Arizona afloat when I'm sure they could have moved it to, you know, we could have technically had a Seattle franchise before. We could have. Or Quebec. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, a- any city in Canada would do better than any city in the in the uh, USA. That's probably. Correct. That's correct. yeah, a good majority. They could put an NHL team in Halifax, Nova Scotia, yeah. which is like not a city. I say yeah, like I know like <laughs> no. population of Halifax. <laughs> they could put one in none of it. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, like they could. They did an expansion team into Halifax. That'd be the day that Sid comes into he the office and says, trade home. me right now. <laughs> Him and McKinnon. Him and, McKinnon, Him yeah. and Nate oh, McKinnon. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, oh sick. Yeah. Crosby like, expose me. <laughs> <laughs> trade me trade right me fucking now. Trade me right fucking yes. now. And hang up. <laughs> All right, guys. That's our show for tonight. Make sure to subscribe to us, Beers and a Lot, on all our socials. And hopefully next week we don't have to talk about the Caps and the new head coach. We'll see you next week. Have fun cutting this, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs>